Hello and welcome to my podcast, Breadcrumbs. This is Ashley, aka Ash Kitten. So it is a cold, cold, cold morning today. Um, it says that it's 46 degrees outside right now. 46 degrees. For some of you, that's barely cold. For me, that's below freezing. Like, my scale is off definitely from my thermostat, myself, my physical thermostat is way off. I can't be cold. I don't like to be cold. Um, One thing that I don't understand is I have a child that is, refuses, refuses, and is in complete rebellion to wearing pants. Now, he wears shorts, but that's it. He will refuse pants. He will refuse joggers. He will refuse anything that goes past the knee. He will not wear them. And, you know, more power to him. But it's cold this morning. And I'm like, why won't you just let me put pants on you? And he's old enough to make the decision himself. So he's, you know, he's nine. But it's like... God, I just, I know he's freezing and his refusal to wear pants is like some kind of statement that he's made for the rest of his life. Like, I refuse to ever wear pants in the history of ever. And that is my solemn oath. Like, I don't know. It's crazy. It's crazy. Oh, my um, alarm just went off. I am actually coming to you guys at 6.59 this morning because... I have so much stuff to do. I will not be able to get a podcast out. And I'm doing my 20 days of fasting social media. So this is day one. And even though I'm fasting social media, I still really don't have time to do a podcast. Except for early, early, early this morning. So I'm tired. You're probably going to get a lot of rambling out of me. You're probably going to get a lot of nonsensical nonsense. But um, you're getting content, so that's good, right? Um, I am going through a lot, as you know, from my last podcast. Or if you haven't listened to the last one, um, if you do, just keep in mind that it's very emotional, very deep, and very disturbing the things that have gone on in my life recently. So, um, I'm going to kind of go through like each child and what they're going through and how we're dealing with it. And, um, I had made a episode a while back about different reactions from my different children and how they would react to different situations. I never in my wildest dreams thought that we would be reacting to this situation, but every kid is reacting differently as they're supposed to. They're different ages. They have different, you know, thought processes. They're different people in essentially. So they're going through just a world of stuff each and um, each one is going through a different entire planet of stuff on their own. Um, Starting with my youngest, she is really just the pillar of strength. Like, I get my strength from her. And I talked about this in my last episode 
when I was discussing the um, issues, but this is the aftermath. So I'm trying to like separate the two. I'm trying to say, okay, that's what happened. And then this now, what we're in now is um, literally like the aftermath. That's what I'm going to call this, the aftermath. Um, I'm going to try to keep it as lighthearted as possible because the last one, the last episode after I finished um, uploading it, I cried for like three hours. So that was, um, that was fun. That was, um, that was, that was interesting, fun. And actually it's day two of no social media. I forgot because I didn't like go on social media yesterday, but there was so much going on that I wouldn't have really had the chance to but today would be like a day where I'd be like oh let me go and talk to my friend and then like I realized that I can't because it's social media so anyway um my youngest daughter is she's in kindergarten so it's her first year of school she is very rambunctious she's very um opinionated She's very, um, smart. She's very needy as far as, as far as, like, attention goes. And that is a part of the aftermath because prior, she really wasn't that needy. Like, I fulfilled a lot of her emotional needs and things like that. Um, as far as, like, how she's dealing with this, she's dealing with this better than any six-year-old I've ever met in my life, dealing with a tragedy and or circumstances that are beyond their control. Um, she knows she's never going to see her father again. And she knows what that means because I ask her, like, what do you think that means? And she'll tell me, and she's right. Like, she says, you know, she'll say, this is her wording. Like, I'm not putting words in a six-year-old's mouth. This is how bright and intelligent and and just full of wisdom my little six-year-old angel is she says daddy did bad things and he did bad things to my sister he hurt her and he doesn't deserve to be in our life he doesn't deserve to be our dad and he it's good that he's in jail because they can keep us safe if he's in jail by him not getting out of jail and um and you know she says things like that and I'm like some six-year-olds just wouldn't be able to process that but she's processed it and I'll be danged if I have other adults tell me oh well she just hasn't she just doesn't know yet but when she starts figuring things out now this girl's got it figured out okay she has it figured out she's just processing it as a six-year-old which is amazing. And I'm not saying she's not going to have some issues or bumps along the road or obstacles relating to this. I'm not saying as a teenager she's going to have an entire or she's not going to have identity crises like most teenagers anyway. But I'm saying that as a six-year-old, she has processed in her mind, in her six-year-old little tiny brain, which is actually incredible if you think about it because most six-year-olds are more concerned with like watching their favorite show or going on you know on YouTube and watching like slime videos 
she has processed in her mind the fact that someone that she loved and she cared about and who was supposed to take care of her and her siblings um, as, you know, a parent did something absolutely horrible, made decisions that ruined other people's lives and knows what those decisions were and may not have experienced the abuse herself but empathizes empathizes with her teenage sister who is going through the most I would say the hardest part of all of this because she is the one who brought everything from the dark to the light and so she feels like she has the weight of responsibility of all of this um, and she and she's the one who was abused the worst so she um, she's going through the worst of it she's going through the hardest part of it but my six-year-old she's going through it knowing all of these things and still is so positive this little ray of sunshine every morning just and and she's always been like that like since a very very small age when um she started being able to talk like her first words weren't good morning but she when she first started when she was actually like saying like full words and kind of sentences like things like that she opened her eyes and no later than just opening her eyes big smile would enter her face and she would say good morning and that would be our little thing and then I would hear her say good morning and I would go in her room and I would pick her up and I would give her kisses and I would hold her and every morning it was like that every single morning and she just always had this great outlook on life she's always been so positive and um just it's it just amazes me at how strong a six-year-old can be she's only been on this earth six years and she's learned things that most adults can't even process and she's processing it like a champ she's going to school she's doing excellent in school um yes it's kindergarten yes like you could argue that all you have to do is color inside the lines, whatever. She's still, like, impressing her teacher. Her teacher's always telling me, like, oh my gosh, she's reading. She's, like, actually, like, we're just learning sight words. And she's reading books. And I'm like, yeah, she she loves to read. Um, she's not reading, like, complicated stuff like Harry Potter. Like, come on. But she's reading, like, um, what's the one, like... Uh, she's reading now called like the um, like the it's one of those like rhyme books like Sue and Sally run Sally runs see Sally run Sally can run run Sally run those kind of things right and um, but she's reading in kindergarten and like they're not ready for her yet <laughs> she's like Oh, I already read this book. And they're like, oh, we're working on the word the. And you've got, like, other kids in the class that are just, like, trying to just memorize what letters are in the word the. And she's like, T-H-E, the, T-H-E, the, the. 
and you know like she's just trying to be ahead of the game all the time which is so cute and adorable but there are weaknesses that I recognize too and as a parent you have to recognize the weaknesses you can't just build your child up all the time to yourself um, I build her up all the time to herself I mean to her all the time tell her she's smart she's beautiful she's courageous she's wise for a six-year-old and all of those things are true I I constantly am um, making her um, aware of just how proud I am of her and constantly building her up it is our job to edify our children and um, if we're not doing that if you find yourself in a place where you're like so mad all the time where you're snappy I get that because like stress levels can soar and let me tell you five kids my stress levels have been through the roof but you have to stop yourself and you have to remember that they're just children and you have to remember there are certain things that children need and it's edification is one of them edification is one of the biggest things now you don't want to give a child this big head where they're full of themselves because that you know is a bad thing too you have to balance it out but for everything that you have to correct and every criticism that you have you need to put 20 good things on their plate too so and the reason why I say plate is because I'm going to give you an illustration if you have something on their plate that they don't like let's say mm, asparagus because my kids don't like asparagus I don't know why because it's amazing um, but none of my kids like asparagus. They'll eat Brussels sprouts before they eat asparagus for some odd reason. I don't even like Brussels sprouts, so it's weird, right? They just don't like asparagus, but I like asparagus, so I cook it sometimes. How to get through that, that I'm not going to eat the asparagus is I put a little bit of asparagus. I don't overwhelm them just one or two bites and then everything else on their plate is something they love like love right so you think about that like it's easier for them to stomach that looking at their plate being like okay I like everything else all I have to do is take one or two bites of this yuck and then I can enjoy the rest of my plate and they're not miserable being like asparagus no how could you do this to us you think about the things that you've talked to them about and the things that you tell them as food. It is. It's go, it's brain food. It's going into their brains. So in order for them to digest something that they don't like, um, which is criticism or, um, you know, you know, some kind of correction because kids need to be corrected. Don't get me wrong. They do need to be corrected, but you have to fill the plate with other positive things. You have to put the overwhelming positivity, tip the scale, and then just this tiny bit of, I don't even wanna call it negativity, we're just gonna call it correction because it's not negative to correct your child. Only if you overdo it, only if you are doing it and it's an overwhelming amount. That's like filling their plate with asparagus, if they hate asparagus. So. Um, and then putting nothing else on their plate. And a lot of times when we're stressed, 
as parents, we, um, we can get so stressed and so caught up in our own emotions and our own self and our own stress that we're just snapping all day. Why didn't you do this? You didn't do the dishes? Oh, you didn't even, you didn't put your shoes by the door. What is wrong with you? Why can't you get this? It's just two steps away. Put your shoes by the door. When you come in, just take them off, put them by the door. How is it that hard? That's, that's kind of sometimes that mind frame that we get in, right? We can be that way in our own heads. But if we're that way outwardly toward our children, they're going to think that they can never do anything right. So it's okay to say, you know, this is where you put your shoes. It's not acceptable for you to put your shoes on the coffee table. It's not acceptable for you to put your shoes in the middle of the hallway because I trip over them and that's not okay. So you need to put your shoes by the door. But then, then you realize that that was a correction. And for the next, I want to say, 20 conversations that you have with them, you are uplifting them. Wow, you're so smart. I can't believe you figured that out all by yourself. And, and you know, that the fact that you corrected them is going to still stick in their mind. The fact that they did something wrong is still going to stick in their mind. But you still have to fill that plate with other positive things. And they will, they'll eat the asparagus if you do that. Like they will take that correction, but they're, they're gonna be overwhelmed, they're gonna be discouraged if every single thing that they do is, oh, you did this wrong, you did that wrong, you did, can't you do anything right? That's what they're gonna ask themselves. Can't, you, can't we do anything? Can't I do anything right? Can't I be like good at all, ever? So that's what they're wondering when you correct them. You show them, yes, you're a good kid. You're amazing. And if you can't find that many things, because if you have like a kid that's just, you know, just having a lot of issues, I'm going to say that I do understand that because I have a child that was um, ADHD, still is ADHD, but he's on medication, very low doses of medication, but he's on medication. And, um, before the medication, it was insane. Like, in my head, I was like, does he not just realize that, like, anytime he gets to something to drink, he spills it. Anytime he does something, it's completely opposite of what you're supposed to do. Like, it was just getting to the point where I was just like, something has to give. But that's because there was actually something wrong, and I, like, fixed it. So... I feel like as parents, we put a lot, we put too much on our children to get everything right. And it's our job to figure out either why they're not getting it right or to help them understand that like a correction is a correction that needs to be made, but you're still a good kid. You're still amazing. You're still awesome. You're still smart, but this is going to help you in the long run. So after you you know, say, like, your shoes go here, please don't do it again, putting them in the hallway, um, and you could throw in a little bit of empathy, I tripped over those shoes yesterday, and it really hurt when I fell, and I hit the ground, you want your kids to put themselves in other people's shoes, you want them to understand what it feels like, that's a big part of being a good human, is understanding what it feels like, because, um, it, and it's stuff as small as that, to big stuff, 
to big things when they're adults or even children because bullying is a huge thing that happens with our children and every child has seen a bully or been around a bully or been a victim of bullying no kid is without the idea of what a bully is and so um if they they're around that kind of environment um they're susceptible to a either being bullied or being a bully because there are a lot more bullies than there are kids being bullied believe it or not and parents don't want to accept that parents don't want to say my child's a bully but think about it could it be because of some of the things that you're doing and no you're not sitting there like pushing them down and taking their lunch money and things like that but if you're criticizing them constantly then they're finding that is like that's an insecurity is that that there may be you know I'm not a good kid I just do everything wrong well what a survival technique in that aspect is that and they go to that because um when you are when you feel attacked you go into um a lower brain mentality the the um reptilian brain and um that's why when people have anger problems and stuff they do things that they regret later because they go into that reptilian brain like all i care about right now is just getting out this anger it doesn't matter how how i do it if it's in someone's face Punching them in the face, or if it's punching a wall. Okay, then. Ugh. It's so early. It's 719. Ugh. Um, they're, they're gonna do it. They're going to. They're going to result to that reptilian brain. So, what reptilian brain does um, when a child feels insecure and like they're not good enough and their parents don't think they're good enough, they find somebody who is less than them who they think is somehow weaker or less than them. And they make, or, or, there's two. They find someone who's less, what they think is weaker or less than them, and they bully them to make themselves feel bigger. So they are taking someone who's less than them and lowering them even lower, or making them feel lower, so they themselves, in perspective, can be higher. That is, that is definitely a reptilian brain thing because it is an immediate um, uh, fix, fixation on the insecurity, and um, and they're they're doing the literally what you could be doing, which is maximizing the good on their plate to make the negative smaller. They can't they can't edify themselves. Um, yet because they haven't learned that so they maximize someone else's insecurities to make theirs seem smaller so it's still the same concept that they're doing they're just doing it for themselves and in a negative way whereas as parents when we tell our children you know like this doesn't go here you need to stop doing that on top of that we need to tell them like um but I am glad that you are putting your laundry away when I give you your clothes and you're not just leaving it on the dresser. Actually, my kids don't do that. I'm not going to lie. They do not put their clothes away. But if your kid does do that, props to them. They definitely need to be told that uh, they do a good job if they do that. Like, if your kid does that, like, they need a gold star. 
because they, it's pretty amazing. That's pretty amazing. Um, so you just need 20 things, 20, fill their plate with 20 things. I don't care if it takes you till bedtime for you to come up with 20 things. And like I was saying, I had a kid that was just doing all kinds of stuff that was just crazy all the time. And I'm, in my mind, I was like, do you even listen to the words that I say coming out of my mouth when I say don't do this and you immediately do it? But that was the impulsiveness part of the ADHD. So how was I supposed to, I mean, how was he supposed to fix that? It was medication that fixed that. But even then, I would not try to damage his psyche. I would constantly be like, wow, that's you're really fast like he liked to run you know so I'd be like you're really fast maybe you could run outside and show me how fast you are instead of running inside I would kind of find ways to build him up um without you know because like he was already t t being torn down by himself really like he was running around all the time and doing things and grabbing things out of his friend's hands and they would be like dude you're annoying and he, he would tell me, like, Mom, I'm, I hate this. My friends think I'm annoying. And it would make me sad, you know? And he'd be like, I don't try to be annoying. I don't want to be annoying. I just do stuff before I even think about it. And I, it, I don't have time to think about it. My brain doesn't let me think about it. So I'm like, I understand. And um, so... I would just build him up on whatever I could. Like, he was, he would get himself dressed in the morning. Wow, you did a really good job of getting yourself dressed. You look good. You know? And, um, and I think that built up his confidence to the, to the point where I feel like he's, he's a pretty confident kid. Um, now that he's had his medicine for ADHD, he's actually a totally different kid. You wouldn't even recognize him, really. Um, he's still quirky, still funny, still a little, like crazy but he's able to concentrate his energies he's able to be like okay do I want to stand still or do I want to run and or do I want to take something out of someone else's hand probably not and he's able to think through decisions a lot better with that medication um one thing I was scared of with him um was getting him on medication and him turning into a zombie because he is He's such a bright personality. I would hate to squash that. But we're, we're talking about my youngest daughter. So we'll go back to her. I'll talk about him later. Because there's a whole slew of stuff to talk about him. But this is about my youngest daughter. So um, she's just, just amazing. Like I can't not brag on my kids. Because they're just amazing. And I feel like, you know, I brag on them to them. To them. I talk to them about how great they are and how smart and how wonderful and so it, it's just I, I'm just so blessed to have such wonderful kids really I am um so my six-year-old what she's really what she's going through I think the the um downside to all of this because I told you she's handling it like a champ there's still she's still affected she still definitely um has her share of uh, issues in this situation who wouldn't any normal human being would um, but for a six-year-old hers are very slight compared to the other children who are dealing with it in a very major way uh, one thing that I've noticed uh, negative is that she has become the neediest six-year-old in the world she wants my attention 24 7 she doesn't feel like she's getting enough of it 
no matter how much I give to her. And um, she's now constantly seeking approval. So the reason for that is because I'm having to spend my time um, doing other things. Because as a mom of five, normally you would spend the time dividing up your time between five. But now I have to kind of prioritize my time. And not even by my own process of prioritizing because like basically you know I'll get a call from the school you need to come pick your child up because this this and this is happening that's attention that needs to go to that situation I can't just ignore it um baker acts and things like that like I have to pay attention to those things I have to deal with those issues that's taking my daughter's well-deserved time away from her and um she she's affected by it she's like wow mom used to read to me a lot mom used to spend a lot of time with me and um she is going from being the only child that was in that was in my care to being one of five um previously it was just visitations that she would have to deal with the sharing and this stuff now she's like sharing my my time my time with my mom like no so she does a few things to act out here and there but uh correction does help but i think what helps is the more than anything is the correction with the um all the positive edifications um she really loves you know being edified and what kid doesn't so she's just she's just a big ball of fun and she's funny and she's sweet and i'm saying i'm I am just building her up to you guys so much, but it's true. She's just such a great kid. And um, it's hard to find the negatives with her. Like, she just, she's a ball of sunshine. She's so smart. God, how did she get so smart? But, um, so the neediness is a negative that we're dealing with. Um, She is really good at anger management. Um, I've taught her like coping skills. She gets angry. She takes a deep breath and she's like, <gasps> I'm really angry right now. And I'm just going to go be by myself for 10 minutes and calm down. And then she'll come back completely calm. And, and I'm like, man, that works better than it does with adults. She really, she like goes off to a corner or even out right outside my front door. There's a little chair for her that she sits in. It's her size. And she takes some deep breaths. Sometimes she'll sing herself a song. But she'll calm down. And it'll be about 10 minutes and then she'll come back and she's like, okay. Now we can talk about it. <laughs> it's just, it's like, she's the wisdom of just an older person. She's just so smart. And yes, I've taught her all these things, but the fact that she's able to process it and she's able to follow through and she's able to apply those. Application is the the hardest part for young children to apply what their parents are telling them into everyday situations and life. So we have to practice it. Um, her and I used to practice like coping skills and stuff together. Like I would make up scenarios like what if it was your birthday and 
you had a birthday cake and I try to make them extreme because I you know like it's not real life it's not really happening so it's hard to imagine imaginary situations sometimes but the more extreme the more of a um, chance that they're going to answer it in the correct fashion like it's it's hard to say like oh um what if your favorite tv show wasn't on you know in the moment when they're like huh my favorite tv show's not on but at that moment they're like oh i'll just watch another show it's not really bothering them because it's really not happening so you have to bring something to extreme where they can really imagine it and I'm like, oh, well, if it's your birthday and your birthday cake is sitting on the table and then your sister just goes and eats it all. Oh, man. Oh, man. She, she's like, oh, I would be very mad. That's my only birthday cake. How would she feel if someone ate her birthday cake? And I'm like, what would you do in that situation? And she would say, I would tell her that she wouldn't like it if someone ate her birthday cake and then I would be very mad. I would be very mad and I would need to go cool off because I might get too mad and do something really bad. And I'm like, man, the wisdom of a six-year-old. That's what my podcast should be called, The Wisdom of a Six-Year-Old, because I learn from her. I do. I learn so much from her. I'm always, even though I'm the one teaching her, I'm learning just how, like, I don't know, just how to be able to to table conversations or things like that when you're really having a hard time. With um, one of my other children, we have just gone into really drastic arguments back and forth and, you know, and with the wisdom of a six-year-old, I would be like, I need to go cool off because I'm upset. And so putting those things into practice are really important. I try to set an actual example. So when I'm mad, I make it a point to say to her, I'm upset. I'm going to go in my room and cool off for a little bit. Children copy you. They're going to handle things the way you handle them. And if they're not handling things the right way, you might kind of need to examine on the way that you handle things. So, that's all I have for today. I have so much stuff to do. But, you guys got to know my little six-year-old a little bit better. And in about like a week or so, I'll upload the questions for my six-year-old. My interview with the six-year-old um, like podcast that I already started. We just have to kind of finish it. But, um... Yeah, so I hope that you guys can start off the day on positivity. If you're a parent, edify your children. That's the the biggest thing I have to I want you to come out of this with. If you're not a parent, practice those skills because if you decide to be a parent one day, you're going to need them. But if you're not a parent, practice those things on people you know and care about. And believe it or not, you can change somebody's behaviors with your own. You can't change someone. But you can change reactions sometimes, most of the time. I am able to um, avert very negative situations because of the way that I handle things and deal with things. If I let their anger reflect and be projected onto me, then it, it reflects 
and everyone who sees me is like she's an angry person but also like doing things like being destructive and stuff like that it's just it's not a good thing you know so I want you guys to think about that if um, you're putting down other people edify them just edify them bring them up and you'll see how good it feels you'll get more addicted to that than if you are one of those people who likes putting people down you'll get addicted to building people up because it makes you actually get built up and it's really cool so spread love light and positivity everywhere you go thank you guys so much for listening and have a good day bye